This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That Delighted to be joined by a Scottish Cup winner, a man who lives locally in the Inverclyde area, as do I. He's a man who's well-known at Greenock Morton, he's well-known at St Johnston Football Club. Fans of both clubs have got such a, a lot of time and respect for him, as do his fellow professionals. Chris Miller, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us on, Callum. Thanks for those nice words. The first thing I want to ask you about, Chris, is... And I'm not putting pressure on you because you're, you're, you're 37 now, turning 38 this year. You're still <laughs> playing the game, but you've got a personal training business outside of football. How important is it to, to widen your horizons out with the game, especially as you get into your 30s? No, I think it's important. I actually think it, it, it's, I always say to myself, playing, look, it's a main concentration, a main focus. So I always say, like, get to 30, uh, just still playing, then start looking at it then. Because you want to give your utmost to, to your profession and, and really focus on that. But it was something I, I always thought, right, well, how can I stay involved in sport or football? So done the sports journalism stuff, done some badges. Uh, and then uh, I saw that it was with uh, uh, Scott Agnew, his, uh, his company, who had, uh, were doing personal training, you know, got a fast-track six-week course. So I jumped on it and I've always enjoyed the gym. And, and that was it. It just kind of got started and got my qualification and as soon as I finished I just I just started doing it uh, went to work at the waterfront down here for a bit and then uh, I've moved me, me gym set up with my back now so no it's great I really enjoy it but as you say it's important for, for, for players to start thinking like early doors like right, what am I going to do football doesn't last forever and I'm fortunate enough that I'm 37 I'm still involved in the game and I don't take that for granted but it's it's definitely something that I think is important and it, as I say it, it helped me switch off you know as well for football because it can it can engulf everything football a lot and sometimes you just need that kind of different focus to use the, the grey matter again as well. So it's something I've always enjoyed kind of re-educating, re-skilling re, re, re up and, and retraining. So no, but it's going well. In terms of lockdown and, and people being stuck in the house, it's important to, yeah. to keep active. And I know you've been doing daily videos and you've got a programme of work that can be accessed online. How can people listening to this access your personal training if they're interested? Ah, look, if, if anybody's listening, if they're interested, they're just wanting some focus during lockdown. And I think something that people are a lot put, am I putting it off because the oh, gyms aren't open, but there's so many different ways you can train. And, you know, I set up a programme just now that I'm running, I've got 30 people on board, and it's going really well. We just started that a couple of weeks ago. So it's all minimal equipment, body weight, uh, just getting moving. And, you know, even in a week and a half, just speaking to, to my clients and stuff, and they're, they're all really enjoying it. And, they're all like improving themselves. Like they're feeling a bit fitter already. They're feeling a bit more, a bit more energy through throughout the day, and just feeling generally better about themselves. So, if anybody was was looking to kind of say they want to start something like that online, then just just drop me a message on my my socials, and we can hook you up. And in terms of being an experienced player, um, you're involved in the game and playing, but you're doing a bit of coaching as well. Okay. How, how much are you enjoying the coaching? We'll come to your playing career, of course, but is that something you could see yourself doing over the next sort of 10 years or so? Well, you know, you know, it's football, like, um, it's all about opportunities. Uh, I've done my badges earlier. I always thought, right, I, I've always enjoyed, obviously, enjoyed football, but I always thought, right, actually, can I really go down? But, you know, as you play more and you understand that, you know, it's sometimes just right place, right opportunity. So I've done up to my B licence, done my youth licence, up to my B licence. I've not done my A yet, but so I was thinking, like, maybe that's, maybe I'm not going to step into that kind of environment uh, and the management of coaching. But then obviously, <laughs> you never know in football what's around the corner. Uh, and this opportunity came up and, you know, I've really enjoyed it, to be fair. Uh, the players have been brilliant. It's it's difficult because you're still a player yourself and you're still involved in in the dressing room and, and you still see them as friends, you know, but obviously you're involved a wee bit of the kind of process of not picking the team, but giving like your opinion. Uh, and, and that can be difficult, but the players, the boys at the club have been absolutely different classes and that include myself. 
and Brian McLean obviously doing that as well. And Jim McCarthy was not there anymore. The boys were absolutely brilliant. But no, I really, I really enjoyed that side. That you just look at it differently. Uh, you know, sometimes I always think, always think, I'll be best. You, you pick your best eleven. Sometimes you've got to look at other other teams' opposition. You say, right, well, maybe he's better suited for that game, or maybe he can give us something that that we need for this game. If you're if you're looking to exploit a weakness in another team, so no, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, a bit more responsibility, but you know, I think you always want to try and play as long as you can. But if that opportunity came up in the future, it's something definitely I'd be interested in. And in terms of yourself, as I mentioned in the intro, you're synonymous with St Johnston, not synonymous with Morton, of course, in two spells, but it was Celtic where you started your career as a youth player. What did you learn from your time at Celtic and what was football like for you growing up? Well, at Celtic it was brilliant. You know, you're well looked after. Uh, it seems it's a, it's a long time ago, do you know what I mean? But things I just remember was that you had to, you had to want the ball, do you know what I mean? You had to be always available for the ball. You had to have a good game awareness, good tactical note as well. Uh, coach also was Tommy Burns. His enthusiasm for the game is something that really stood out for me. And there's times when you worked with Tommy. Uh, and you could be on the training and honestly going over like one drill for like before you know it, it's an hour and a half past just working on maybe playing from the back or playing into midfield or it is. He just had a, such a passion for the game and and always wanting to kind of you know, like play the right way, like play through the lines, like pass about your teammate, play exciting, attacking football, and that's something that I've always tried. Like in my career, it's something that I think I've always tried to do is like no matter where you are on on the field, like be be available to take the ball, want the ball. Do you know what I mean? In the day, you're a footballer, so uh, I think you know. I'm not saying there's all different styles. I'm not saying one way is right or wrong, but for me, it's everybody should want the ball. It means from the back, middle, forwards. Everybody should want the ball. And, and try to be on it as much as possible. And I think that's something that really stuck with me when, when I was at Celtic. You, you mentioned the fact that it sticks with you and, and Celtic's a great ground and you, you get so much coaching, you've got the facilities to, to help you flourish. When the time mm-hmm. comes to leave Celtic, what led you to Morton at that time? Because the club were in, in the third division and even you could even say they're a very different club now to, to, to where they were back then. Mm-hmm. Well, look... It wasn't. It wasn't an easy decision. It was. It wasn't a hard decision. Sorry for me to to leave Celtic at the time. It was a point in my career where I think I was at a crossroads a wee bit. I was like, right, I'm 19. A year and a half left my contract at Celtic time, but I wasn't really playing football, you know. And at the end of the day, you're training every week, and you want to just play. I just wanted to play. I was like, look, I, I felt as if I was training well enough, and it's difficult. Do you know what I mean? Like the players in that team and the players that come down from first team to go into the reserve team, or you know, it was tough to break through. There's no doubt about it. But I just felt as if I needed to, I needed to go and, and and play football and, and enjoy that again. That side, yeah. Uh, and any player will tell you the exact same. It's you just want to play on a Saturday. So the way it worked out, like I had got my pay up, and then I I'd, uh, basically I went into Clyde at the time to train, and they were all to kind of take his. They were what to take us on, but they didn't have any finances at the time. I came, John McCormack, my agent, to look, Morton, I wanted to, to come in and play a game. Just go and play one game. And I went and played the game and John McCormack asked me to sign the day after. So it was basically like that. And for me, it wasn't about Morton being in the third division and that. It was like, that's, that's ideal for me. It's my hometown club. Uh, it's, a, it's a team that I watched growing up. You know, I used to go and sit down at terraces and watch... Derek McInnes, Marco Rajamaki, Yanni uh, Limburg. So, I mean, that was that kind of era when, when I was watching in the terraces. So, it, it was an easy one for me. I was like, brilliant, go and play uh, in third division, you know. And I think it's, I'd say for any player, like, go and play games. Like, Stephen May done it when I was at St. Johnston, went to third division. Blend went to second, then went first, and then he played his first year in the Premier League and got a move to Chef Wed. So, it's, it's definitely young players need to go, go play. And, and I think that's that's it. That's the kind of way it worked out for me. Obviously, I just I I would was it went unsigned, played half a season. But you know, like, I played in a championship winning winning side that year, and it really taught us a lot. You mentioned the fact you you play in the the championship winning side. Was that invaluable for a young player because you were put into a situation where Morton were expected to to win that division? They were expected to go up. There was a lot of pressure on the club really when you consider that they've not played at that level of football since which shows how how the club's improved from from where they were what was that like in that half season did, did you feel pressure at all or did you just see it as an opportunity to express yourself as you've always wanted to do in a first team uh, 
it just depends on your character. Do you know what I mean? You get people that, that relish these situations, you get people maybe get a wee bit nervous. Like, I, I, looking back now, like, I, had, I suppose I had maybe the, the confidence of youth a wee bit, you know? I went in, I was at right away. Like, I said to myself when I was going to Morton, I was like, I'm here to be a first team player. No, like, I, used to, I didn't see myself as a Celtic youth team player going and being a Morton youth team player. I seen myself going as being a Morton first team player. That's, that, that was my mentality. And, uh, I went straight in, you know, fair play to John McCormick, put me in and, and I played every game, you know, like most, I think I started most 144 games in a row after that. So it was, I played all the time. So my whole mindset was, I'm a first team player. And I think that's something that I try to emphasise to younger players now as well at the club. So I, look, uh, you, look me, but so say like, so, like Reese Lyons just now, I keep telling me, like, you need to be a big, like, you need to be vocal in the dressing room, you need to be a leader. Young Lewis McGrattan, who I think's got a great chance as well. I'm like, look, look, I am a young player, but there's no reason why you can't be a personality, you know, and I, I think I always had that. So for me, it was, I didn't feel the pressure. I was, just, I was buzzing that I was involved in it. Uh, and it was a great, but it was a great learning experience because I think you always think this is going to be like this every year. Like we'll be competing for titles or championships or whatever. Uh, and you know, it, it doesn't work out, always work out that way. But I know it's just a brilliant experience. You know, I was like only three, four months at playing like, first team football and a third division title. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. A championship, a championship, and not many get to win them throughout their career. And in terms of John McCall and Matt Cowboy, what was he like as a, as a manager? Because he's someone who is a big character that I think younger generations of fans have, have kind of forgotten about now as times went on. But what was he like at that time? Brilliant. I, brilliant. I loved his training. It was all football oriented. Do you know what I mean? He was a big personality, you know, larger in life when you look back on it. And, you know, obviously, it was nearly 20 years ago, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's mad for me to think that way. Uh, but no, he was brilliant for me, gave me opportunity. Uh, I'm sure I, I'm sure I gave him headaches a few times as well, because like, I was full of, like, full of myself, but I had that confidence as well. I remember one time we were playing up at uh, East Fife, and he's going to run the dressing room, and he's, we're having a stinker, and he's going to everybody, this, this, this. Like, and he comes to me and he goes, no point talking to you, Chris, because you think you know it all anyway, and just skipped on, do you know what I mean? But I'm sure he, I'm sure he liked that about us as well, that I had that confidence, but no, it was brilliant for my career, and I thoroughly enjoyed I thoroughly enjoyed working under him. In terms of that period of Morton, the players I kind of remember, the likes of Scott Bannerman, Alex Williams, I mean, Jim McAllister, who who we mentioned at the start, was was a, a young whippersnapper coming through at the same yeah. time as you. What, what was it like in that team? Because there seemed to be a good blend of experienced pros, but also younger ones as well. No, it was brilliant, do you know what I mean? The players you mentioned there were brilliant and it played at a good level. Derek Collins as well, he was kind of experienced one. He was always good for advice and that, and I always spoke to Dixie about different things. And he, Derek Lally was came back, I think, the next couple of seasons as well. Uh, big Peter Wilson obviously signed, and I'm looking back at some of the old videos I've kicked about, and a lot of stuff is coming back on the web. I think it's fantastic in that. Also, the pictures and videos of games are really popping back up on social media. Just then it's great to look back on. I was saying that to Jim the other day. Does that seem to look back? Like we had some good, great, good players in, in, in those teams that. Maybe never kicked on the way they should have, you know what I mean? And and I think that's something like Peter Wilson's a prime example for me in terms of a player that I felt could have played at a much higher level. Like he could have played Premier League. It's uh, And it's just one of the things that, it, it, I don't know, for whatever reason, it just never happened for Peter, but one of the most natural strikers I've played with, and he could have, he could have definitely played Premier League in Scotland without a doubt in my mind. And in terms of the, the season that you get promoted to the second division, it's been well documented you that a, 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 a gap in the league where you were ahead, it falls mm-hmm. away, there was rumours, etc. that come with all that, that's been talked about many a time. How frustrating is that in the dressing room when you're on a winning streak and then for whatever reason you just can't buy a win for whatever reason? It was thoroughly frustrating, you know what I mean? Uh, it was one of the miles ahead, I think it was at 14 points by Christmas. Uh, and there was nothing else in it, but all these betting rumours came about, and it hurt us. It did. It hurt us, and, and it was a distraction. But I don't think like it. It it it, it rankled the players because, and, and as well, like, I was young as well. So it's when you think back, when I look back on it now, it didn't fa- it didn't really phase me, right? I just got on with my football, and I just got on with, it. and I never I never put a bet on in my life anyway. I, like, up to that point, so I was like, I don't even know what. I was never into gambling. Just wasn't in my kind of. 
maybe I was brought up around that. Uh, so it, it did, it did hurt people. Do you know what I mean? And then it, and then it got boys. Some boys talking about us. Is he doing that? Is he, is he actually doing that? So you know what I mean. You could see that it caused tension within, within the ranks at times. Uh, and it culminated with great form. To be honest with you, like <laughs> we couldn't buy a win. Uh, big spoons get injured at Christmas. I think that was a massive loss as well. And we came back. It, like, it, He'll probably say himself he wasn't as fit as what he should have been. Uh, and I think that hurt is more than anything else. And do you know what I mean? Look, we, I think we lost to, was it, uh, Stenny as well. Like, we beat 4 1 of Stenny and stuff like that. And we were just like, pfft. but it finally, fin- finally finished. I could not wait for the season to be over just to get away and, and break and refresh and come back at it, you know? Because I thought, look, by Christmas, obviously, you're thinking, we're doing back to back here. This is what I want. This is where I want it to, to, to be and go. And the club's going one way. And you know, and it was it, it was it was hard to take. It was it was hard to take, and obviously that it, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good way to finish that season for sure. You mentioned it not being a good way to finish that season. Soon afterwards, uh, Cowboy John McCormack leaves the club. How did you feel at that point? Because you talked about how much you enjoyed his training and working under them. How do you prepare for a change of manager? Is there excitement, or is that wee voice in the back of your head saying, "What if the next scaffold doesn't fancy me for whatever reason"? Uh, of course, there's always that, and you and I felt for Cowboy. You see, be fair, he tried everything. He had meetings with players. He was trying everything. He was there was no stone unturned for like for what he was trying to do. But the rot had set in, and it just it was. And you know, you know what uh, Dougie was like. He was loyal. You know, he had a great relationship with I think with all the managers that came in after that as well. But Dougie was loyal to his managers, and they gave him every opportunity. And he, and he could have probably got rid of. Cowboy before that because of the way results had went if you look back on it uh, and I think he got to start the season as well and then it, just the way it, it's kind of, and then Jimmy Mack came in uh, so for me it was, I knew Jimmy from Celtic so I, I wasn't every new manager coming, you also want to impress you know what I mean, I, I'm never thinking that oh, what if he doesn't play me and I was like, like, like if he sees me train, he sees me play I was always thinking that, look I'll play and, and I'll, I'll impress him, but that was just always in my head that like, as a player, right, I think I always look at it as if you're there to impress the manager. The manager isn't there to impress you. You know what I mean? Like you've got to impress the manager, get earn his trust to make sure he picks in a Saturday, and that's the way it should be. So when Jimmy came in, it, it was great. You know, in mean? like very, but totally different for a cowboy in terms of character. Totally laid back, dead easy, Ozzy. Enjoyed his fitness training and all that, but just a totally different character. And Martin Clark as well came in, who was, who was brilliant, really good Clarky, good football man. No, no, if there's anybody that knows anybody in football, it's Clarky. Like could tell you about this player, that player. Just knows 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 the divisions, knows the Scottish game. So he was brilliant. You're someone in your career that that you admit yourself didn't score an awful lot of goals, but you mm-hmm. always seem to pop up with, with a screamer. One of the ones that, that's very early in your career, it's popped up on social media recently, is the goal you scored at Berwick many years ago. <laughs> Talk me yeah. through it, because it's an absolute belter. Oh, it's funny. That is probably, in terms of technique, my best goal I've ever scored and professionally. So was, I was just wondering, one thing that was the right side, Scott, uh, Paul Walker comes in and He's kind of shanked his cross, but I was on the kind of come in off the left on the inside, and it's it's about three yards off the ground, and I just smacked it first time, bang, top corner, brilliant. I think we end up drawing that game two each. That's the only disappointment for that goal because we drew game two each, we were two two one up at the time. But no, it was a, it was a great strike. You know, and it's one of the things that I did score. Like, and I think do you know what helped me get goals. Let's like, see from from Jimmy Mack, and he's got to take credit for us because he just kept telling me keep going beyond. And we'd wee girls out when I start to score some goals or not, and like, I didn't get 35 in my first five years. So, do you know what I mean? That's no bad. Seven goals a season for the turn average. And first, my first half a season, I didn't get any. So, he, he was encouraging me to be the guy that broke the lines, get in behind, make runs beyond. And and that's what I, I started to do. And, and I kind of got a wee reputation, I think, for, for scoring goals at the start. When my, my first spell at Morton, uh, I think 13 or 14 was almost in one season. So, you know, it was just something that he he obviously saw in me that I, he, I could get up and down and and I could fit when I was when I got chances I could finish. I just never want. I, I, sometimes I think I'm all, I, it's where my game's about. I've always looked for a pass rather than a shot at times. And he was just always telling me break the lines, get make those runs in behind. And then when me Gowser came in, he was coming getting the ball shot and I'd make runs and find you all day. You'd Peter Wilson find you, Big Sani, Kev Finlayson, Jim McAllister. It was a good squad. We loved good sit with we Jamie Stevenson as well. So. If you were going to make runs, we had players that could find you. Uh, 
And it was, it was probably down to Jimmy Mack that I actually got some goals. <laughs> One of the, the players I've got to ask you about who came to the club under under Jimmy Mack was was Andy McLaren. I've spoken to Andy, and he's uh, he, as you know, he's a character. And when I asked him about yourself and Jim McAllister, he said both of them are freaks. He said fitness wise. They, they could run all day, said, and even at that stage of my career, I used to just look at them and go, I just wish I could run as much as they could, as well as being good players. <laughs> Andy was brilliant, but, you know, you could see why he had the career he had, his ability, you know, and a bit a character, do you know what I mean? That's something I think that nowadays, if you're a character, you could get, a, you know, you could, it's difficult because all the social media and so all that kind of stuff, and people get judged, really. But Andy was brilliant about the dressing room just totally chilled relaxed obviously there's a story as well with, with the chairman when, when Dougie came in he's sitting yeah. with a purple song and that one like that, 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 that's been told a million times and it's true he was just he was sitting up the, the treatment table Dougie comes in as he always did the four games and whatever and talked to the boys and that and you know he, he loved that uh, and then Andy just whips the kegs off and goes what you got him and sitting a purple song on. and you know what I mean it, it sums his character up but it was brilliant for us and I think the fact that he had younger boys who could run a day, do that kind of side for him, and he was great. He was really good, a top, a top, top guy, and a player. He's like, and that's like, that's the kind of way that you want to try and be at. Like me and Jim, in terms of being senior pros, are totally different, right? Jim's more like straight down the line, like he's always been more like serious. And I, and I try to be not like Andy, but that kind of way where you have a bit of laugh for the boys and 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 be be that kind of more. Uh, you know, like young player kind of side in terms of all the banter and stuff like that. But but one of the things always is the same, and even that's Randy. When you're out and playing or you're or you're training, you want to win. You want to, you want to compete and you want to do well. And, and that's something that always shone, shone through for me for actually Andy. Another guy who is is well remembered by Morton fans, and he was your skipper for so many years, Stuart Grecian. How important was he to that Morton team? Because I used to, I used to go to the games week in week out with my mum at that time, and. And he was just somebody that was just seemed like a natural leader. Aye. Big Grace, right? That's another is it's a it was a brilliant set for Morton. Solid, dependable, knew what you knew exactly what you were. a proper defender, do you know what I mean? To put his head in where it hurts. Some I wouldn't say he was most technical on the ball at times, Big Grace. Loved a Cruyff now and again in training, they always say a Cruyff here, Cruyff there, but uh brilliant guy, great leader, good on and off the park. Uh, and, and great in a night out and that's one of the things that I think we had that squad as well we were all tight do you know what I mean but you look back like, it was a young squad that, like, well, the ages were like 25 with a few more senior boys but it was a young squad uh, under Jimmy Mack and it was great we had a great bond we'd, we'd, we'd all meet up the boys would all come down to Greenock we'd all go up to Glasgow and meet up we'd have like socials social events every other weekend do you know what I mean and Obviously, I think that's the thing nowadays in modern football you don't really maybe get as much of. You still have nights out and whatever else. But at that time, it was like kind of towards the end of that, I wouldn't say drinking culture, but those were your mates, you know what I mean? We all, we'd all hook up and we'd all spend time together away from football, which I think is, for me, that can only can only make you closer as a group. And, and, and that translates on, onto the park for me. And in that second division uh, winning campaign, you mentioned earlier Paul McGowan. Just what was he like for, from your perspective as a player when he came in? Because from the stands, he was such a young boy at the time, but he, mm. he just threw confidence as soon as he got the ball. He always wanted the ball. Uh, but look, and he demanded it. Let's see, and he's not changed. Like actually, he's been like that throughout his career, and that's what I really liked about him. Like, if you didn't get a boy, he'd be on you, moaning and sweating. You'd be like, all right, guys, I can't do me, man. Do you know what I mean? I played it over there. I'll get you the next one. But that's what you want. And I try to say that to younger players now. Like, and that's something that I felt I always had as well. Like, in, in similarity, Gowza, if I, if you didn't give me the ball, I'd moan at you. I'm, I'd moan, moan, moan. And you need, it's not, it's not a moan to be negative or you just want it to be better. You want things to, you want it to be successful. And you need people to call people out on that. And Gowser had that from when he first came in the door. And that team that won at the... We were, honestly, I was looking back. I said that to Jim just the other day. I was at, there was videos up there, as I mentioned before, some of the highlight reels and that. We scored some brilliant goals in that team. That team was an attacking team. Like Jimmy Matty was... We played in the front foot. You know what I mean? If you scored two, we scored four, five. It was a great team to play in. Gowser would pop up with the goals. He'd like to play. Spoonsy was scoring for right, like right back. He was playing at times as well, and he's, he's scoring like 14, 15 goals. Myself, Jimmy, Jim McAllister, 
Jamie Stevenson, Scotty could Scotty McLaughlin could score goals. Big sad. Do you know what I mean? There was goals everywhere in that team. And when I look back on it now, I'm like, it was a great team to play in. So, so enjoyable. So enjoyable. The team was very successful in the league, as you've said. They scored a lot of goals. You had goals coming from all areas of the pitch. But the mm. game I've got to ask you about that scene is the Kilmarnock game in the Cup because Chris Templeman just ran them ragged that day. And mm-hmm. even now, the, the clips, that, that sports scene highlights type package, it, it's watched on YouTube by thousands of people because it was some game. Oh, it was brilliant. And I've watched that a few times myself when it pops up. Uh, oh, we were brilliant that day, do you know what I mean? And I always remember, like, I'd played, I'd started on, uh, I think, the right side. I'd usually I'd played in the middle uh, that season as well. And I think it was to play against Naismith because he was their kind of, their little talisman as well. And we, we battled him, didn't we? Big Sani was unplayable that day. But I, that's the way he was. Like, you know, you could see, in that game, you could see why the chairman spent a bit of, bit of dough on a big man. Unbelievable feat. Great finisher. Uh, I wouldn't say he was the most athletic, you know what I mean? I wouldn't say he was ripped like Ronaldo or anything, like far from it. But see you on his day, unplayable. And that 20 games where everyone just clicked for him and he was brilliant. And he had, you know what I mean? But in that game, I think everybody had done it. It's one of the games where, you know, Kelly were a Premier League team and, and we, 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 we battled them. We battled them 3 1. And it was more than deserved. Look at highlights. We could have been about four nine up in the first half, you know what I mean? Uh, but it just showed you that team that's what we were all about and the players in that team that went on and played at a high level and it was a brilliant day it was a brilliant and you're just thinking to yourself like, those are the kind of games that you wanted to play in coming through and it was a great it's a game that pure sticks out in my mind as well Ask Jim McAllister this question I'm interested to get your answer Dean Keenan oh, as crazy as people say oh, 100% 100% <laughs> Nuts, man. But Dino is a great lad, you know. And by the way, so, like, everybody says that, but he was a good player, man. But like, he would tackle a brick wall. It's some of the stuff, the titles he'd get him for. And he was just, he was, you know, I think sometimes like, when he's younger, I, I don't know if he, he would mind me saying this, but, you know, he's one of the players maybe influenced as well. Like, you know, he's like, Dino did this, the boys, but why did it? And sometimes it's, it can be, it can take away for, for you that you're always a kind of full guy. And that's like, something that, Derek McInnes has always said to me and I signed there, he's like, after what, what, a night out, we'd uh, be a crisp, it was a, a pre-season night out and uh, I was rough the next day and I was sick of the back of us on the way back and I said, I'm just signed there and he's went like two days after so we flew back in, we went over to Belfast and we flew back in and uh, he pulled us at the airport he's like, Mitch can I have a word? I was like, hi, of course, of course, and he's like, Look, he says, I love the fact that you're one of the boys and that and you, you like to be involved in all, and all that. He says, but don't be the guy that they're always laughing at. I says, because that takes away from what you can do outside on the pitch as well. I by all means be one of the guys great in the dressing room and that, but just make sure it doesn't take away from what you do in the pitch. And that stuck with me, do you know what I mean? And that was that's something that always stuck with me from after that. Uh, but Dino was brilliant, so I mean, great value. Well, obviously, some of the stories you'd be probably, I'm sure you've heard, but uh, the naked golf about quarrels and that, and uh, just just a laugh. When him and Midge Gardine got together, it was fireworks, that's all I can say. <laughs> In terms of yourself, uh, the second division winning campaign is something that you remember. There was a big crowd that mm-hmm. day when, when the trophy sealed, promoted to the first division. And for you, it becomes a really interesting season because you're playing well at the first division, which at that time is the highest level you'd played at. You're doing well for mm-hmm. Morton. Interests in from St Johnston. You agree a pre-contract there. I've always wanted to ask you this, as I say, as someone who, who was always there week in, week out at that time. Did that affect you in any way? Because as much as Morton fans love their club, of course they do. When a player leaves or is going to move on, there is that natural grumbling because they don't want to see the player leave. Did that affect mm-hmm. you in any way? No, look, you know, I'm local, Cam, right? So you hear it. I've heard it before like, in terms of, you can't be everybody's cup of tea and you've got to be thick-skinned in this game. So for me... What I've always tried to do is just give your best when you're on the pitch, right? And that's what people, no matter what, as long as you give 100%, people can all respect you for that. And I think that season proved just that for me because it would have been easy for me to sack it off, right? Because I'd went to the club, right? And this is England, like I've spoken this a couple of times. I went to the club. Peter Wilson signed a new deal, right? I was 25, 24, 25, coming up for, I think myself, right? I feel as if I've, I've I've earned my, I've kind of earned my, my wings. So I say that 
I'm ready to move on to a higher. I felt I was ready to move on to a higher level, test myself, improve myself. Spoons got a new deal, so I went and spoke to Jimmy Matt. I was like, he's got a new deal. Is that like, what about me? What's the point? He's like, look, we'll, we'll speak to you at Christmas. So I was like, all right, fine then. So spoke to my agent. I was like, look, I'm thinking, look, I don't know what's going to happen here. I said, but look, see if there's any interest out there. I'll keep playing my football, right? Derek McInnes had been in playing that training with us that summer. I think or the summer before, one or two, doing pre-season. And uh, he, he told me, I said, well, I stuck with his head, I think just because of my fitness levels, blah, blah, blah. So he goes to St. John's, he's playing there towards the end of his career. And then we play against him. He gets the manager's gig. And then, basically... I think he says to me, I want to make you one of my first signs. So he got in contact with agent and I'd met up with him. So I told, I'd already went to Martin looking for a new deal that wasn't there. So they had let my contract run it, run down to the Christmas. So there was nothing that I'd done that was wrong. And I, so if they had came back to me and made me a good offer, I could have been well been a Martin player towards even further on. But as football happened, it didn't happen. And, and the way it went, went. Uh, but I never ever said, like, so over the Christmas period, I think we went through a sticky period and I wasn't playing. I was sitting in the stands. Uh, and then they were haggling over like five grand. I think it was like 10 grand for me to go at Christmas. They were haggling over five grand, do you know what I mean? And <laughs> eventually they, both parties agreed, but we lost 5-1 against Livingston. And I remember it because I went into the, I was always going to the game. So I went up to the game, walked in, Jimmy Max, like, what are you doing here? Because that's all been agreed on the Sunday. After the game, we beat 5-1, I went home, phoned Dell. I was like, Dell, look, say it's great, we've not held in. So I'm trying to phone Jimmy Mack on Sunday, and they're pying it. Look, he's pying my call. He's like, look, text me later on. He's like, come in tomorrow, I need to speak to you. So he says, look, you're not going anywhere now. You're going to stay and you're going to play. So I could have sacked it off right in. said, nah, no chance. You've told me it's all been agreed. I don't want to play anymore. But I would never have done that in my <laughs> My, my old man and my missus were like, don't play, don't play. But I would never do that because I'm like, you're professional. Your professionalism gets caught in the question. Plus, I've got an affinity for the club. I've been there for four or five years. Loved it. So, anyway, we know how that season worked out. I came back, we played, and we stayed up in the last game against Partick. We were 1-3-9. So, for me, it, it never affected me because I was just doing what I was told, no matter what. I was just either playing or training. And I think that's something that players... If you've got the right type of player, the right person, right personality, it won't affect them because they'll just get on with their job because at the end of the day, I just wanted to play football and I just wanted to better myself. And that was the only reason why I ended up moving to St Johnston in the, first, in, in the end up. And in terms of going to St Johnston, you mentioned earlier on about going to Capelo as a kid and, and watching mm -hmm. players. Derek McInnes was obviously at Morton. He, he was a, a great midfielder in, in his time as well. What, what was it like when you went to play for him and he was your manager? Because he was young and up and coming at that stage and, again, mm -hmm. someone else who's very highly regarded at St Johnson. No, it was brilliant. You know, I mean, obviously, had that kind of affiliation right away, played the Morton, watched him play. And then just when I went and, went and spoke to him, I just loved his, the way he spoke about the game, how he thought, where he wanted to be, where he, where he saw me playing. And he says that from the day one. He's like, I see you coming to me, come and play with us. And go and play the rest of your career in the Premier League in Scotland, maybe kicking on again. He says, That's the way I see it for you. He says, So if you want to be part of this, then come and sign. Uh, and he was brilliant. As you say, just stopped playing as well. So he related to the players really well. Commanded respect, but do you know what I mean? Like if you cross the line, he'd let you know. And he'd, he'd back with stuff up, brilliant. Tony Dock's a great coach as well. And he was a kind of go between, got on great with the, with the guys. And the two of them are winners, you know what I mean? Like, the amount of times you see him, they play like, the boxes or wee games ahead tennis, man, they'd be cracking up if they lost a point. Like, there's one day in training, the two of them are nearly fighting because they're playing on opposite teams one day and they're squaring up. And we're like, what the is going on here? Do you know what I mean? But that's just a, that was their mentality. And they were it was brilliant for my career and I really enjoyed working on them. You mentioned a key word earlier and it was moaning. And I've been told to ask you this question. You know, I spoke to big Stephen Anderson. He's adamant that he wasn't as big a moaner as you. And he said, if Chris says otherwise, he's lying. <laughs> no, look, hey, I'm I'm free. I'm, I'm happily admit it. I'll happily admit that moan. I, I, we do moan, and I think that's something that we had in that dressing throughout. It was St Johnson from my time. Like at the start, you'd have uh, big Kevin James at the back moan the end. Big Hardy, Kevin Nukovic, you had Jody Morris. We'd let you know if you wanted to, like big Michael Dubry. 
Fraser Fraser Wright later on when he came in. Stephen Anderson, Stephen McLean, myself. Like, there was a spit, there was, it was always a group of mourners, but they put demands on your teammates, on yourself, on those who are about you. So I think that's just it's just part of being being a winner. You know, you, you want to win games and you have to put demands and and there has to be accountability. You know what I mean? It's a lot of people sort of you see it now with modern coaches and that like oh, it's, you know, you can't really say that, you can't say that. It wasn't like when, when we were suggesting it was like you're a this and you're a that and you need to do this, you need to do that, and if you don't, you get let on. And you had to take it. And if you made a mistake or you made an asset, then you had to put your hand up. And that's just the way that's just the way it is. And I think that's something that that isn't a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. If you can't, because when you turn up and you play in front of fans, they're not messing about. They'll tell you exactly what you think. If you can't handle it, then you're not going to play in the game very long. Because I see it a lot. You see players who are unbelievable in training, flicks, tricks, scoring goals. Then they turn up on a Saturday and they can't can't produce. And that's a mentality thing. You have to have the thick skinned and strong in football. And that doesn't mean that there isn't a place for obviously mental health. And that's not what I'm saying. But you have to have that strength of mind, strength of character. And in terms of strength of mind and character, you win promotion in your first season to, to get to the Premier League with St Johnston. And you mentioned two big characters there and Jodie Morris and Michael Dubery. They'd played down south at Chelsea. They'd played in the Premier League. And you mm-hmm. sometimes hear when guys like that come up to a team like St Johnston or a, a so-called lesser side compared to the riches of the Premier League that, that they maybe are, are out of touch. But I've spoken to a few people from that team and they say the same thing about both guys down to earth and we're willing to help anyone. Totally, totally. Great lads, you know what I mean? And I travelled in with them as well, so I got to know them really well. And these, do you know what I mean? These guys, like, just because like, you forget, obviously you see them with, as when they were Premier League players, you know what I mean? Playing in Europe, big European nights and whatever else. But they're from like, London, do you know what I mean? They're London backgrounds and it's not like London Kensington and that. They're from like, working class estates like ourselves and... So they're just normal people who have obviously done well for themselves. They were brilliant, great to talk to, always good advice, brilliant stories, you know what I mean? Uh, and they were just brilliant for everybody to address them and bought right into it. Like Jody's, will tell you himself, like, he loved it and it just reignited his hand. You know, it's been well documented, like some of the stuff that throughout his career, his highs and his lows. But it just kind of reignited his, his, uh, his passion for He always loved the game, but for football playing, playing, you know, because he'd been knocked a few times and it was brilliant, brilliant for me. Someday, Jody Morris, someday I really respected and even now, do you know what I mean? Like, you send him a text message, he reply, it just, not that, not that he shouldn't, right, but it just shows you that he's just a normal guy and who loves football. And in terms of the Derek McInnes either, he gets you up to the Premier League, you're established at that level, you're reaching National Cup semi-finals. How did you find the step up to playing in the Premier League? Because when you consider the number of appearances you made at St Johnston, you seem to take to it as if it was second nature. You know, like the ground that I had behind you was, was brilliant. Like I'd played two, three hundred, two hundred odd games for, for Morton by the time I'd reached there. So it was, and I felt I was ready, you know, physically and I, as I say to you, well, dude, my, my, one of I think my biggest assets is that my self-belief and people tell you. That. And I try and say that to him. I was like, you need, to, you need to believe in yourself. Like, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. So it, I wasn't phased at all. I, I relished it. See the big games like Celtic Rangers, going to Hearts, going to Hibs, going to Aberdeen. I, I relished Those are the games that I wanted to play in. I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to be, be able to say, I deserve to play in the fields with these guys. So for me, it was just, I was just like, I just relished it. And if, if I would be playing against players who, who would be maybe better ability than you, but they would never outwork me or outrun me. Or I'd, I would always try to let people know that they're in a game. And, and oh, look, you look back, do you know what I mean? I'm at the stage of my career, I look back and I'm like, hey, look, I did, I, I did all right. I, I, I had a career in the Premier League and it's something I'm, I'm proud of. You were playing well under Derek McInnes, and one of the things I want to ask you about, it was like you were linked in 2012 with a move to Australia. Was that move ever close? It's one of the ones, like, it was again, like, just like Morton, I was, I got to a point where I was like, like am I going to stay at St Johnston for 10 years, or do I look to move away? And there was a link there because I knew a few boys in Australia, like Misano's and I was speaking to, there was, a, there was an agent that I know so there was interest, but nothing ever concrete. There was a couple of interests for our SPL clubs, but nothing ever came concrete. 
I waited. Like, I knocked back a two-year deal at St. Johnston <laughs> to, to see if there was going to be anything else out there. And it got to stage where I was like, look, if there's nothing concrete coming, I'm not going to... I just made a young family, bought a new house, I'd get married. And I was like, I need to think about what's best for me and my family, not just Chris Miller of football. And if I had been a wee bit younger with, 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 with no kid at the time, I think I'd have probably just weighed out. But the way, the way it worked out, St. Johnston were always there and they were adamant that they wanted me to be here. And, you know, it was probably the best thing that, that happened to me, uh, re-signing it. And it was, it was like when Tommy was a gaffer, uh, I remember him speaking. Tommy was the assistant, sorry. No, Tommy Wright was assistant, not a gaffer. And he sat me down for tours. We sat and spoke. And he's like, look, grass ain't always good And so it turned out. I signed the deal and it's probably the best thing I've done. You mentioned it being one of the best things. You finished third that season uh, after signing the new contract. Steve Lomas mm-hmm. is the manager. You're, you're playing in European football as well in the Europa League. W- what was Steve Lomas like as a manager? Because everybody always talks about him as a player as being a sort of hard man and a tough tackler. Was it was he calm as a manager or could he, could he go as well? No, he was nuts, man. Not, not nuts in a bad way, but he was brilliant. Brilliant, enthusiastic, so enthusiastic for the game. Training was good. A good bunch of boys, as it when we finished third in the league, and it got a bad rep at St Johnston as well towards the end. But for me, like, I really liked what we're under him. Like, you know what it's like. Like players like managers when they play, right? And I've been fortunate enough that I played most of the time, so I didn't really have problems with most of my managers, to be honest with you. So, uh, but no, he was great. He, ah, he was like, it was funny. You know, some of the things you'd, you'd see him up to in training that, but then. Clinsman through puddles and stuff like that, and you're just like, this guy's nuts. And he and he used to battle the chairman, Steve uh, Steve Brown. And Steve Brown, that was his first gig like, as chairman and employed, employed Steve as a gather, but he still would be like, right, we were on a good a good win bonus at the time as well. And he'd be like, right, we need to win here, take another X amount off of him upstairs. Like, that's the way he could have spoken. <laughs> it was brilliant, but no, look, we finished third that year. It, it was brilliant. And it, he took us away on a, a trip, man. Oh my god, this is that's they took us away on a trip pre-season. Uh to Marbella. And it was like it wasn't like a training camp, do you know what I mean? It was like a it was basically a session for four or five days. And this is when the split came in. So this is like we've got five games to go, we've finished in the top six and we're, we're doing this basically it was a it was a <laughs> it's a bender basically, do you know what I mean? There's no training in that. But it was the boys all loved it. Do you know what I mean? It was amazing. But we came back. We never even won a game after that. Do you know what I mean? That was the thing. Uh, that's the kind of that's the kind of guy he was, right? But it was it's things that would happen. He'd be absolutely appalled at, right? That's one of the things. But uh, it was brilliant. I I loved him, and, and he's a good guy, and it's, I still keep in contact with him. He he had an impact at St Johnston, as you say. He then mm-hmm. goes down south. Tommy Wright comes in. Talk me through the, the Rosenberg games because that was when he just arrives at the club. As the, I know he was at the club already, but when he arrives as the sort of gaffer, if you like, and that's the impact he had straight away. Did that show you and all the players that something special could happen that year? Totally. And I think look, it was a good squad of players and it, sometimes it's just the right blend, the right time, everybody's careers and everybody, and obviously Tommy came in. And he was brilliant because, you know, it, he knew what he had there and he allowed the senior players to run the dressing room. Don't get me wrong, the buck stopped with Tommy. It, like He would, like, you know, like, when he started shouting, he, he listened, I remember, and it was like one of the days that like, we were having a joke and it was one of the things where I was taking a piss and then I was getting fined and and, I, and he's went, like, we're in a canteen at lunch and he's like, ah, like you're fined and that. And everybody's laughing. I was like, well, I'm not paying it. I was like, Cause I, was like Cause I didn't agree with the fine. He's like, well, I'll double it. And I said, I still not pay it. And he went, I'll triple it. I said, I'll still not pay it. And he went, right, office. And he just switched, right? And I was like, I'll pulled his into his office. And he went through me. Do you know what I mean? He says, I'm the gaffer. Do not question my authority. All right? He's like, what I say is, goes. That's it. We get the fuck out of here, right? And at the office. And I was like, he's like, get yourself home. So I went and drove him, man, raging. And the next day, he's like, come here, speak to him. He's like, look, that's it, done. And that's one of the things I always say about Tommy is that, He'd let you know, but as soon as anything was finished, that was it, line drawn under, no grudges. But he was brilliant. Look at what he's done, for the, what he achieved at the club. Uh, brilliant manager. Demanded the respect, but like, the boys all loved him. 
in the Scottish Cup winning campaign. You beat Livingston 2-0, you beat Forfar 4-0. Quarters, you beat Ray 3-1. You put Aberdeen out in the semis. Dundee United put Rangers out to, to tee up that, that final. It's at Celtic Park rather than Hamden. As a sort of boyhood Celtic fan, did that excite you in a way? Ah, definitely. That's like in a culmination for me coming career coming full circle. I mean, that's the way I felt like you started at Celtic and then the way it worked it, the cup final was it was at Celtic Park. So it was like in a career coming full circle. If you if you like uh, I had I had, I hadn't played <laughs> I hadn't played in any of the games up to the semi final as well. Like he'd rotated the squad a wee bit and I had been playing in the league. So uh, for like an early rounds he'd, he'd brought players in. So I was like on the bench for most of the games up to the semi final. So I was just glad that I got to play in the final at the end up. But no, nah, it was do you know what I mean? It's been about it's highlight of my career, highlight of the I think the club's history so far, but they've got their bet the, the, the League Cup final coming up as well. But the whole day was just amazing. Uh, the way it worked out. Uh we had Dundee Knight his number that whole season. They had a good side, you know. I mean, look at some of the players that played there, Andy Rollinson, Stuart Armstrong, Wee Goldie, the big Chief G up front, they they quality for the side. But we were a good team, and I think that's something that's always overlooked with St Johnston, the teams that I played for them. We had a good side. We were finishing top six, as you say, played in Europe, got to semi-finals. We won the mugs. We got a reputation that everybody hated playing against us. Aye, we were. We were tough to play against. But we could do a bit of everything. We could mix it with you. We could go long. We could play through the middle. And we, you know I mean? You don't get sustained success by just being one-dimensional. And I think that's something that's maybe a bit overlooked for, for, for the St Johnston side that I played in. And in terms of the final itself, um, it's, it's, it's a dramatic occasion, obviously. Big Ando gets a goal, Stephen McLean seals it. I've spoken to, to Simon Donnelly, and, and obviously from his point of view in the Dundee United side, he always points at the fact that they could have scored, they hit the post, and it was one of those games that could really have turned in, a, in an instant in many ways. But overall, I would say you, you were deserving of your victory that day, and I imagine for you... The celebrations at full time would have been special, but also the party afterwards as well. <laughs> Who you been talking to about the parties, eh? <laughs> no, no it comment. Was, it, was, <laughs> it was brilliant. And, no, and of course, the game could have went there with bad football into it. I, I think I've watched it back once, and it was this year. Uh, and I think we thoroughly deserved it, if you look on it. Yeah, there was chances. The, the one for Dow that hits the post, because along like Shifty hits the bar as well. But we had a goal. Stevie May could have made it free, handballs it in. David Wellspins went amazing the full length of the park. Jane Dunney had a shirt shot that was tipped over the bar. Look, we deserve to win that game. So I can I can see what Sid's saying, but I'd, I'd have to disagree. But the celebration are brilliant. And I was buzzing for Ando because he was a great seller at the club as well. Uh, so we deserve to get a goal. And obviously, Stephen McLean, like I think the goal just summed up his, his old demeanor and attitude as a player. It was, it was a 50 50, but there's only one person who's going to win it and he tapped in. But the celebrations after it were unbelievable, do you know what I mean? We travelled back to Perth, the party in the bus was amazing. I had to do the drugs test as well, so I had actually been in the drugs test, so I missed the kind of the celebration and dressing, but I had drank about four beers just trying to get a pee so you could pee to do the drugs test. So I was I was half scoofed on the way back up in the bus already. So by the time we got to, to, to uh, uh, McDermott, we are walking out, and Roddy Grant's just at the front of the bus, right? And we're walking out with Dermot. Boys always say, boys say, that's the best line I've ever said in my life, right, from that time. So he's known as the legend, right, up at, up at St Johnston. So we walk in, and Roddy's there, and I did Roddy, Roddy, wait a minute, mate, the real legends are here now. And the boys were just howling. And to be fair, Roddy took it brilliant. He was pissing himself as well and let us walk in. But uh, from there on, it was just... You know, your whole family was there. There was all the people at the club who you got to share it with. And then we went out in Perth that night. There was a whole open-top bus. And the Perth was absolutely jumping with the civic reception. Uh, I think half of Perth had my medal on it at some point as well, just going about the pubs and seeing people. It was just brilliant to share it with because they'd waited a long time. I think it was 117 years or something like that. So for their first major like, national trophy. So it was, a, it was a, one hell of a party. I always, I've said this in record many times, when with guys like yourself and, and Gary Harkins that have, that have went, went from sort of local area to go and win major cup competitions, I take a lot of pride in that because I think it's inspiring for the sort of local kids to know that you can come from Inverclyde and, and go on and win a major trophy. For you to have that medal, 
be honest, how often do you just go for a look at it and just hold it? <laughs> Not as much as you think, I swear to God, right? People are, honestly, right, the boys are slaughtered me still in this dressing room. And I, I wind up a wee bit as well, just saying, I Scottish Cup winner, blah, blah, blah. But honestly, it's something that I think that you, ah, it's, but it's, it's amazing, right? And I will I'll look back when I finish and I'm probably glad, like, it is. And I do, it's like, it's the biggest achievement of my career. But uh, it, I remember the teams, I remember the moments. I don't look at it and go, oh, they put this medal on or go, go look at it. It's just, you just, I, I'll look, I, a picture, you see a picture and that'll bring back a memory. Or you'll see someone post on social media or, or somebody will tweet you about that there. So it's just for me, it's more about the memories you made. Do you know what I mean? And I don't go and look at it and, and, and go, oh, I'm a Scottish Cup winner. No, it's not about that. It's about you did something special as a team, a special group of players that did something for a, a, supporter, a supporter. You made his day or you made his dad's day. So for me, that's something that always strikes through more than anything else. It's the memories that you help make for our people. Uh, rather than just yourself, your own family, for instance, you know what I mean? So uh, for me, I, it's brilliant. I'm I'm delighted that I've got something to look back in my career that's that's obviously monumental for me, but it's more to do with what, what I meant to so many other people. You mentioned earlier that famous goal against Berwick. Talk me get that through the Dundee United goal. You, you forgot you were Chris <laughs> Miller and became Lionel Messi for about two minutes there. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. It must be me and Dundee United. It just must be one of those teams there. Uh, I look, that was a good goal. It was just, you know, I think it was the 85th minute as well. And it's, we, we played well. I've watched that game back and we played well that game and it's come out the sky and managed to take out a good control of wee Cruyff. And it just one of the ones I just kept going. I think John Rankin came back exactly about three times and I skipped by him a few times. I don't mind me saying that. And it just opened up. It's one of the ones just had it and it nested in the bottom corner. And nah, it's, 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 it's a goal that St Johnston fans always remember. And I think the fact that it was, there's a wee rivalry between Dundee United and the fact that I don't score so many and it was like a, a kind of dark derby, late, late winner goal. It, was, it makes it a wee bit more special. But ah, it's definitely ranks up there one of my top goals. How do you reflect on the years at St Johnston after the Cup success? Because you were still a regular the season after. Mm-hmm. Then then you start to be in the team, rested for some games. And I know for you, you'd said at the time that you're the sort of guy that wants to play week in, week out. Was yeah. that frustrating towards the end at all? Uh, it was difficult. I won't lie. Uh, it was difficult because I've never seen myself as I probably still don't know, but uh, I've never seen myself as a, as a you know get a player that comes off the bench and that right. I saw myself. I always see myself as a regular. So if you're not playing, I'm not happy. So you have to adjust that, and it was difficult. Do you know what I mean? It must be difficult for Tommy as well at the time, and it didn't put a strain in our relationship, but there was it, it. It caused a bit of friction, right? Like, like from. Just from being purely a player's point of view, it was never personal. But I, it, it, caused, it caused friction because I felt I was still good enough to play. And when I did play, I played well. He felt they couldn't trust my body at the time. Uh, and I didn't think that was right. I, I'd picked up injuries, but every player does. Do you know what I mean? And I just felt that I was still good value. I still felt I'd done another year. But that's his decision. He's a manager. He makes a decision. I'm a player. I'm there to push and, and be available. And that's all, all it was for me. But uh, they're definitely disappointing. But, you know, I think now that I'm, I'm away and I look back, you know, Tommy had to build another team. That that, that, that side were coming. There was an age, you know what I mean? Dave McKay did went, Fraz, a uh, few other boys, you know, and my, that year myself, Maka and Alan Manis left. The year I left, it was three years. So, you know, that's a big, that was a massive core of that team who were characters within that dressing room, leaders as well. So he had a job to rebuild, and as a player, you're selfish because you just want to play. And and I don't apologise for that either, by the way. I don't apologise. But it's up to them. And the man, and Tommy would not apologise for saying he, he felt it was time for me to go. And that's 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 football. And you've just got to accept it at times. Did I think it was right? No, I don't. And he'll say he was right. But that's just, you've just got to say right with different opinion and, and you move on. But the way it finished for me was, was brilliant because... That season, like those times I hadn't played, and there was a game against Rangers, and I hadn't played in two and a half months, and I was nearly going on loan, and there was different bits and pieces going on in the background. But I played, and I got caught, we weren't, we weren't really playing well, and it turned to us, I hadn't played in two and a half months, I got straight into Ibrooks, and we went three one, and I went one, I probably won the best games I've ever had in a St. Johnson jersey. And uh, Tommy got asked about it after it, 
why has he not been playing? Why has he not been fit if he's fit? And like, couldn't he answer it? And I could, I could, I was like, look, I've been fit all year. It's the manager's decision. But these are that's football, do you know what I mean? And Tommy, Tommy would have been smiling, laughing after it because then he pulled me in on Monday, says, look, you're not going anywhere, you'll be at the end of the season. So, like, and it's something I'm proud of because I get, <laughs> I get transfer listed that year, right? And how many players play transfer list get back playing in the first team? No many. So it says a lot about my character in terms of what my mentality is and how I'm about to dress room and how I'm about to feel. Because it would have been easy again for me to go, nah, I'm chucking this, but I'll just sit here. But I, I was never, I trained hard. I made sure I was fit and I worked my backside after to get back in that team. And by the end of it, I was in and out playing. So, you know, it, it was, uh, I'm sure Tommy would agree with that too, that I'm a pain in the ass, but a good pain in the ass. And in terms of the, the Scottish Cup win, you've talked about that as being the biggest achievement of your career, and that is an incredible achievement. From a personal perspective and a personal achievement, how did it feel to have a testimonial? Because that's something that, that not many players get to say at any club. No, look, it's, it's amazing. It was, uh, I've, like, and that's like, from the managers, the players, all throughout my career, that like, St. Johnston was a brilliant time for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, would I have liked to have maybe played at a bigger club, like earned more money, do you know what I mean? Like in terms of that for financial of course. But for what I for what I achieved in my career at that point with that club, that will never be beaten for me, do you know what I mean? Like I had a great affinity with the fans. I played a lot of games, we had success. Uh, and the way I was received at the club and by the people and the fans, you know, that, that's something that I'll never forget. And uh, obviously I have a testimonial game and it's it's brilliant. Uh, people turn up and they, <laughs> they tell you how good a person you are. So it's it's nice and how much they, you you kind of you touch their lives with, with just you doing what you what you love today. So no, it, it's it's humbling. It was a very humbling experience and it's something that I'm I'm, I'm very proud of. And, and it was nice to have like, obviously Dell. He brought Aberdeen down to play in the game. Uh, Manager at side there as well. So it was it was and and told me to take obviously the St Johnson side. And I was back at Morton at the time as well. So. Uh, no, it was it was brilliant. It was a great day. In terms of the return to Morton, what made you choose Morton? Because I know you had other options as well. Uh, it's one of the ones I'd been away for ten years. You know what I mean? But like, travelling up and down to Perth and Dundee United were interested in taking us as well. And uh, obviously Ray had come in and was interested in taking us. And it was just right. It just I, I always said when I like, I'd love to come back and play. I was still going to, like, if I wasn't playing a Saturday or a Sunday and Morton games on, I was going along to games. I'd phone up Andy Bryant, leaves a ticket, Andy, will you? And I'd come and watch the team. So I was, I was always, Morton's always been a, a team close to my heart, just like St. Johnston. So uh, when they said that they were interested, I was like, oh. it worked out perfect. My missus had just opened up in our own hair salon locally. My kids were in school. I needed to be about more. Uh, and if I was going to go to Dundee United, all right, it might have been more financially beneficial to me at the time, but it wasn't about that. It wasn't about money. It was about, look, what's best for me at my time, my career, and, and Morton ticked toy boxes for me, so it was great to resign. In terms of that first season at Morton, let's be honest, it was it was absolutely crazy when you consider mm-hmm. you go in, Ray McKinnon's a manager, there's talk of a three-year plan for promotion. He very quickly goes for, for whatever reason that he decided to ultimately leave. As a senior player, John Sutton comes in, as does uh, Derek Anderson and takes the team, then Jonathan Johansson comes in. It, w- it was a bit of a whirlwind season. You end up finishing that season in charge of a match with, with Jim <laughs> McAllister as well. I mean, you, you couldn't write a season like that. How how did how did you cope with that at the time? Because there was so many highs and lows, really. No, I looked, I swear to God, see this past two or three years at Capital, it's probably taught me more about in terms of the other side of the game than just actually playing and being like a senior player in terms of like having to step up and really dialogue with like chairman, managers, whatever. Uh, no, look, I loved it. Every, every experience is something that you learn from, isn't it? So the whole Ray McKinnon thing was, it was madness because I felt we had a good side and I was loving his training, loving Daz's assistant. We're flying, we'd beat Ross, Ross County, we'd... It was just nuts the way it happened, but look, he's got his own reasons. Uh, and obviously at the time, I was quite vocal. Like, I think you have to be as, as a leader in a group. You have to. I was just saying what other boys were saying. We were shocked. We were hurt. 
we were, we were hurt because he'd put us together and we felt we had a good thing there and it started so well. Uh, so we were hurt and that's all it came from. It was nothing personal in terms of what, what Ray did or, or did, didn't do. But as players, we were hurt because we saw that he'd put us together and we thought we'd I thought we thought we had a good side. We thought we we enjoyed the way we trained, the way we played the game. So it was just a more a, a hot thing. And what happened happened. How it worked out, it worked out. And you've just got to try and respect people's decisions at the end of the day. And but at the same time, you've got your own opinion on it. Uh, how it after that, you know what I mean? Obviously, JJ came in totally different, more quiet. Uh, all about the boys as well in terms of like it always to voice their opinions a bit more. Like be a bit more like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And it wasn't unsuccessful. We finished fifth that year, and I think a lot of people, John and JJ got hard. I thought, uh, got it hard at times off the fans, uh, but finished fifth. And that, I, I, let's be honest, at that point, I thought it was that was a successful position to finish in. We'd have loved to have got a players, didn't quite happen, but it could have went either way. No, it leaves the, the championships like it's tight. But uh, I, and then obviously he leaves it the last game of the season. <laughs> you laugh, well, God's sake, deja vu here. Uh, and then, and I think what JJ, what JJ's downfall was for me, right? He was defensive, and he maybe went played like three, five at the back, and tried to be more tight. Uh, and I don't think Martin fans like that. They want to see attacking football, and I think in the, in the last game of the season, like me and Jim took me just says to the boys, like, go and play, go and enjoy yourself, four, three, three. Let's go and attack them. And obviously, Dundee they they had won the league that year, and, and we deserved to beat them. Tids are scored, which was fitting for him because he, he's been a brilliant player for Morton as well and he's brilliant when I came back and you're right that was his last game he scores that, that mm-hmm. peach of a free kick before before he moves on and the last sort of question I want to ask you about Morton I know you're still at the club as we've talked about in a playing and coaching capacity but I want to ask you about Jim McAllister because you guys joined the club at a similar time you've shared many experiences on and off the field together through playing with each other for almost a decade through different spells how much will, will you miss working with him? Because he's someone who, when you can, guys like my age, I'm 25, when you ask me about Morton, Chris Miller, Jim McAllister are two names that come to mind straight away. So you're, you're naturally associated together and with the club. Uh, no, look, Jim has got my most respect in terms of what he's done in his career, career he's had, and as a teammate, uh, and laterally as well, as a leader in that dressing in absolute different class. You know, it's sometimes at Morton it, it can be difficult. There's obviously a takeover just now that's going on and there's a lot of internal politics, managers leaving, the way it's been. And it, it just needs to be steadied. And he was a person, I think, that steadied the ship between the running the club, the players, and what gets fed back. Uh, honest pro, trained every day like it was his last, demanded a people run about him. Uh, and it maybe not so much a first spell, we weren't as close, but definitely now, you know, he's a he's a friend, he's a friend now, and uh, I was gutted to see him go, gutted to see him go because I was enjoying the role that we all had together, myself, him, and Brian, and I thought we were a good buffer. And, do you know what I mean? You never know what happened. I, I, I could have seen us working together in terms of in the future down the line somewhere. Do you know that kind of way? If we ever decide to get into management, coaching, whatever. So a brilliant servant of the club, a great guy. One of the fittest guys I've ever worked with as well. Like, I was fit, right? But he, I could never beat him at the runs or that, or the, like, he just had a different gear in terms of that for, for me. And that's something that, like, and that's something that like, my competitive ways, oh, I was always trying to push myself, but could never get to that fitness level that he could get to. So, and, I, and honestly, like, in his next game, what he's doing now, wishing more success, he's just a brilliant servant to the club. And it's something I think that the club should look to do. Like, get him back here and get him. He deserves a testimonial. He deserves to say goodbye to the fans and, and have someone where people can come and pay their respect to, to what he's done for the club. And that, that's the only disappointment for me, for him, the way it's, it's ended at Morton for him, uh, because he deserves it. He definitely deserves something and the club should do something for him. No, I totally agree with that. He needs a testimonial and he deserves one. And I think you, you mentioned takeovers, etc. I think that that's a situation with Jim that, that surely will be addressed. I mean, it's, you just have to address it when you consider the service that he's given the club. The last question I've got for you, um, overall in your career, you won the third division, you won the second division, you won the first division, you played a, a decade really in the in the top flight of Scottish football, you, you played in Europe, you won the Scottish Cup. Not bad for a boy from Inverclyde. What advice would you give to, to, to young players who 
want to make a, a name in the game and even achieve half the success that you've been able to achieve? No, like, I mean, you say it like, look, it sounds, it sounds decent, it sounds like a career, but that's, and that's the way I look at it. I'm, I'm, all those things are good, but I'm just proud that I've had a career and uh, I've had longevity in the game. Uh, for any player that's looking to, to try and be a professional, one, believe in yourself. I think it's massive. Uh, back yourself every single time. Trust your gut. There's been times I've made decisions in my career where I've uh, I've knocked back money. I could have more money here, more money there. I've left clubs, I left Celtic, and I could have stayed there. But I trusted my gut. Do what's best for you. Uh, work hard. It's it's simple. It's it's and it's the simple things that people will take for granted. That oh, you need to do this drill or it. Work work hard every day, and enjoy it, man. Do you know what I mean? It's like football's fun. Go and enjoy the game. It's it's the best job in the, it is a special world, and I'm privileged that I've had the chance to to still be doing it at this this late stage in my career. It's something I don't take for granted. But work hard. Put the extra graft in, whether it be all in the gym or working your technique or working your fitness, whatever it may be. Work, and if you do that. I've played with players who had 10 times the ability as me and I've played with players who have not been as good as me and have on better careers, but it's all about what you're putting in. If you do the things, do the, doing the things that nobody else sees you do, it'll take you as far as you want to go. As simple as that. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining me. Brilliant, Cam. Really enjoyed that. Thanks, mate. So we'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea and our shells will all be open They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home